to Sanctuary's Easter service. As you can tell, oh, okay, didn't expect that. As you can tell, we're uh, doing things a little differently than normal. Uh, usually we like to start off really big, uh, but tonight we want to do things uh, uniquely. I know a lot of you guys, uh, some of you go to a different church in the morning, some of you this is your main church. We have a lot of different experiences, and so we thought how cool would it be to have an Easter service where we basically walk through the entire Holy Week together. And so how this is going to work is we're going to have three different movements of the Holy Week. We're going to talk about Palm Sunday, sort of the week leading up uh, to Jesus being crucified. And then we're going to have a Good Friday section where we talk about the cross. And then we're going to have a resurrection section where we're going to get uh, a little crazy. We're going to have a party together. Uh, I just want to welcome you guys. If you're new with us, maybe you got dragged here by friends. Uh, maybe you're like, what am I getting myself into? We just want you to know uh, that you're welcome here. We're just some people that really love Jesus, and we're trying to learn more about following him, okay? Uh, so that scripture I had Evangeline start us out with, I love it because it ends by asking this question, who is this? We all have to ask that question at some point. Who is this? Maybe you're not a Christian or a Jesus follower tonight. And you're asking this question, who is this? Why is it worth following this Jesus guy? Is any of this stuff even real? Valid questions. Some of you in this room, you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're starting to get cynical. Maybe you've been burned out. Maybe you're even wondering, is following Jesus worth it? Is any of this stuff real? The thing was, when Jesus was alive, people were asking the same question. Who is this? There's a group of government leaders and Romans, and they were asking, is this guy trying to build a rebellion and trying to tear us down? And so they were worried and they were afraid. And then there was a group of uh, religious leaders who are asking the question, is this guy trying to tear down our traditions and our religion? And they, they were angry. But most people were asking this question, is this man that I keep hearing about, is he here to save us? Because for years and years, the Israelites had been persecuted and enslaved by other governments and nations and the prophets started saying, there's going to be this Messiah to come and he will save all of us. And so uh, a few days before Jesus went to the cross, people started uh, yelling out this phrase to Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna. And this word literally translated uh, means save us. We pray, save us. And man, people thought this Messiah was going to come like a conquering hero with power and might. And the verse that Evangeline just read a second ago, we see this. Your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. Instead of coming in power and violence, Jesus came in humility and servanthood. Yeah, he came to save people, but not the way they were expecting. Jesus came to save hearts. 
there's this reality that people were separated from God because of sin. And sin has a lot of baggage around it, but it simply means a distance from God. It means the times that we've missed the mark, our brokenness, our separation from God. And that's why Jesus came. That's why he's Hosanna in the highest. And so we all do need, like, we need God to save us from our circumstances. I know a lot of you guys are walking into this room and you've got some heavy stuff going on. But what Jesus primarily wants to work on is our internal circumstances. And I think we can all agree that's where the real issues come from. So here in a second, we are going to experience uh, communion together. And we're going to think about this idea that Jesus wants to change us from the inside. Uh, But for now, we want to sing these words just like the people sang uh, when Jesus was alive. We're going to sing the words, Hosanna. We're going to sing the words, save us, we pray. So let's stand together as we join in singing. So in the night that he was betrayed, Jesus was sitting around with his disciples and they were having a meal together. And Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And many of us have grown up in the church. Uh, we've heard a lot about Jesus and the cross. And we've heard these kind of things a lot. But Jesus broke this bread. And he said, this is my body broken for you. My hope tonight is that reality will sink into you afresh. His body was broken for you. And then he took the wine and he said to his disciples, this is my blood poured out for you. Again, this reality is sink in Jesus' body broken for me. Jesus' blood poured out, shed it for me. Be seated. So in junior high, no, elementary school, I lived in Oklahoma. I told you about that before. And uh, a junior elementary school boy in Oklahoma wasn't really acceptable to wear necklaces yet at that point. And I begged my parents to give me a necklace. And uh, I thought it'd be so cool. It'd be like a hip hop person or something like that. And uh, I got a big cross necklace. And I don't know if those things are still popular, but when I was in elementary school, man, it was cool. Like, tons of us had cross necklaces. And, uh, you know, the cross, the symbol of the cross is ubiquitous all across our culture. Uh, We've all seen it. Uh, Celebrities have worn it. We've seen it on signs. We've seen it uh, graphic design. Uh, Even when we come here, we sing songs about the power and the beauty of the cross. But uh, imagine with me for a second if you were one of these disciples that had been following Jesus, you'd given up your, your money, your profession, your life to follow this man. You had been singing Hosanna, uh, believing this man could save us. And then imagine seeing this man execute. This was a dark, dark moment. And the cross, 
was a especially brutal kind of execution. The cross, crucifixion, that was uh, reserved for the lowest of the low, the worst criminals uh, in the system at the time. Uh, Jesus was, was beaten uh, before he went to the cross with a whip that had glass shards in it. He'd get beaten on his back and it'd sort of t- tear out pieces of his skin. And then he had to carry the cross, huge, huge cross. And finally, uh, there's these huge nails are driven into his hands and his feet. And this was the kind of execution that was chosen for Jesus. And this is the brutal, the gritty reality of the gospel. <laughs> it's the brutal, gritty reality of the cross. And we don't talk about it a lot. But this is the reality. This is the brutality of what Jesus went through for us, for our sin. For our brokenness. Now, for years, uh, people knew of this sin, and for years in ancient worlds and tribes, they would give animal sacrifices to God. They would sacrifice a lamb or a goat or another kind of pure, blameless animal in order to pay their penance to God, to take their place, to be a scapegoat for them. And scripture says that Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He went a blameless servant, and he walked this road of Calvary for you and for me, for humankind, the ultimate and last sacrifice. Now, Good Friday is an interesting day as we watch that video because that day is a reminder that some, sometimes our circumstances look dark. I don't know if you guys have seen what happened in Sri Lanka earlier today, another terrorist attack. And we see the news in the world. We experience our own circumstances, and it feels like a Good Friday moment where it seems like all has lost, all is lost, that darkness has won. And it seemed at that moment that Jesus and his movement of love had been defeated. But, spoiler alert, things were just getting started. So Jesus was standing in front of this massive temple that the Israelites had been building for 46 years And he says to the crowd, he says, destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. And the crowd was like, that's impossible. It took us 46 years to build this temple. Of course, Jesus wasn't talking about that temple. He was talking about himself. See, Jesus knew what was coming. You can't say the things that Jesus said. You can't do the things that Jesus did. You can't be the person that Jesus is and not give your life for a cause. He knew that he would be executed. And we imagine those moments, the darkness that the disciples must have felt, that all is lost moment. And you and I, we ask the same kind of questions. Is life ultimately a dead and dark place? Does death and despair have the last word in our lives? 
Many of us, we go through our lives thinking this. There's these disciples that were walking on this road to Emmaus after Jesus had been crucified. And they're talking about how distraught they are. And a stranger comes along and they start telling the stranger about what had happened and they invite this stranger into eat dinner with them. And this stranger breaks bread and they look at each other and scripture says their eyes were illuminated and they said, that's Jesus and he's alive. And their hearts were restored, their hope was restored and Jesus left and here's the thing, the two men looked at each other and they're like, how did we not see that? Were our hearts burning within us? And my question for you is, does your heart burn within you? Do you believe that there is life? Do you believe that your despair can be resurrected? Do you believe that Jesus can resurrect us all? Because in the end, the name of Jesus has the power to break every kind of chain. So is it in the darkest moments when you think all is lost, that's when things are just getting started. When you think that your addiction has enslaved you and all is lost, man, things are just getting started. When you think your circumstances have held you captive and there's no chance for you, Jesus is just getting started. When you think fear, you'll never be able to overcome it. Jesus is just getting started. He can resurrect all the dead things in your life and make them new. This is the God we serve. And my friends, this is Easter today. Amen? For years in the church, there used to be this thing they'd say, someone would say, Christ is risen, and people would respond, they'd say, he is risen indeed. So we're going to do that together. Let's try it out. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. So the disciples go to the tomb and they get there and the angel says, he is not here. He's not here. He is risen. When you think all is lost, he is risen. He's not here. This is hope for us all. We stand together. We celebrate our risen Savior. Let's all pray together. I briefly want to speak to two groups of people uh, in this room tonight, which uh, we both fall in one of these groups. Uh, first group of people, I know that you're having a hard time singing that phrase, death has lost its grip on me. I've talked to many of you who are dealing with anxiety, depression, addiction, guilt, and fear, and these attachments, uh, they feel like they're chained to you, and you've started to lose hope that the resurrected Jesus can resurrect you from those kind of attachments. And tonight, uh, I just ask that God would breathe his life into you, that you would know that Jesus has put death to death. The 
the name of Jesus has conquered the fear, the doubt, the anxiety. I want to pray for you right now. Jesus, I just pray for those who just feel like they're under the weight of this bondage, this captivity. And God, we all know it's real. There's no reason pretending like uh, many of us aren't in that boat. And Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. We want to believe. We want to hope. God, we want to experience new life. We want the Easter reality to be our reality. We want to walk in the newness of life that is you. So Father, would you uh, breathe a new kind of hope into these people? God, would you give them courage to continue to battle? God, as they wake up tomorrow morning, would you give them a fresh desire to pursue after you? Knowing that uh, the, the victory is yours, it's not in our own strength. God, would you help them rely on you? God, don't let them give up. I'm going to keep pushing, keep pressing in. The other group of people in this room is uh, you've wondered about this Jesus. You've wondered what it'd be like to follow him. You still got some doubts. You still got some frustrations about Christianity. You're not sure about this whole church organization thing. And guess what? I'm right there with you. <laughs> the good thing, following Jesus is about following Jesus. It's not about a church building. It's not about an organization. It's not about a country or a nation. It's about the living Savior. So if that's you, if you're wondering, what is it like to follow Jesus? Should I do this? Could I do this? Who is this man? Uh, it's the man that died for you. He paid the sacrifice for you, and he wants to be uh, your hope. He wants to show you what life is like, and he wants to carry this on for eternity beyond this life. And so for you, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I ask that you would pray this with me, either silently or aloud. You could pray this directly to Jesus. They're not magic words, but this is just the intention of your heart to follow after him for the first time. So you can pray this with me. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. And Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I can't do it on my own. Jesus, would you be my guide? Would you be my strength? I give the rest of my life to you, and I trust you for eternity. It's in your name we pray, amen. With all eyes bowed, all eyes closed, if that was you for the first time, I'd just love for you to raise your hand. Uh, this is just a step, just showing uh, faithfulness. No one else is looking around. This is you just saying, I want to follow Jesus for the first time. I want to make this commitment.
if that was you, I'd love to talk to you afterwards uh, just to help you to know what this is all about, this life, living life to the full with him. So, Father, we thank you for Easter. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you that there is a hope for us. Father, we pray for this world. We pray for Silicon Valley. We pray for our friends and our family. God, we ask that you would fill us with your love. God, would you show us how to uh, help spread your message, not for our own fame, not for the church's fame, not to uh, build up numbers or anything like that. We want people to know the hope that you bring. So we are so thankful for tonight. We thank you for all you've done for us. You are deserving of all our worship, all of our praise, and all of our life. So it's in Jesus' name we all pray together. Amen. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been so good to worship with you guys tonight. I uh, hope uh, you have enjoyed our uh, Holy Week experience crunched into 60 minutes, you know, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, one thing I want to tell you about is uh, next week we're starting a brand new series that's sort of following this one. We're calling it Revive. And the idea is that we want the resurrection of Jesus to revive every area of our lives.